Welcome to In Search of Tarot, the twice-monthly podcast for witches, hippies, musicians, weirdos, nerds, magicians, seekers, performers, and anyone else who's looking to ride the waves of the cosmic universe. I'm Nick Kepley, and my co-host is Erica Conaway. And this week, we are dealing with a few technical difficulties, which is why you're hearing from me here at the top of the episode uh, which is not usual. Um, we just ask that you bear with us this week as we uh, tried to navigate the ever-changing waters of Zoom technology and did our best to make it happen. Um, it's not too bad, but there will definitely be a few moments where your audio may cut in and out. Um, so thank you for bearing with us. Also, this is sadly our final episode with Erica for a couple of months um, as she goes into some some other job uh, work. And I will be excited to bring you guys some new episodes, some solo with me and some featuring hopefully some new exciting guests. Um, and we will definitely continue to keep the music component of everything going because we know you guys love that. So enjoy the episode and welcome to cancer season and happy summer solstice. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks. Nick. We're in search of tarot. We're taking a look at the wisdom and wildness that life has to offer through the lenses of tarot, music, and magic. Hop in and let's see where today takes us. Hello, Erica. Hi, Nick. It's so great to see you. I have to tell everyone, first of all, welcome to In Search of Tarot. And I have to share the news that this is Erica's last episode with us for a moment. Sad. I'm so sad about it. (laughs) (laughs) I know. She, Erica does incredible, incredible work um, in California in education, theater education. And she is being pulled in many directions right now in response to COVID-19. And, uh, you know, her amazing magic is needed elsewhere. So we're going <laughs> to we're gonna enjoy today. And, uh, and then we're going to hopefully bring her back for her Virgo birthday. Yeah. Yes. I'm so sad that I, <laughs> that I have to be taking a break. But, oh, my gosh. I mean, when life gives you lemons and I am just making all the lemonade. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and as a special treat to, to make the parting a little easier, um, we're going to have her boyfriend, AJ, joining us today. And Hi. if you guys are fans of the podcast, you have heard a lot of AJ's amazing music um, throughout the all the different episodes. So we're going to actually hear from AJ because he is a cancer himself and we are celebrating the new moon in cancer today. So that I really look forward to that. Um, So Erica, how have you been? It's been like a month since we talked. How have you been? Yeah, I've been good. So, so busy, which is good. Um, And just, you know, kind of taking life truly day by day and enjoying um, the sunshine and, you know, the summer, summer's coming. And I feel like it was just March and I can't believe we're like halfway through June. Um, But yeah, life's been good. How about you? Yeah, it's funny, um, because of quarantine, the other day we were walking around and I kept saying, I can't believe it's so hot. I can't believe it's so hot. And then Jason was like, 
it is June. And I'm like, oh yeah, you know, like, but it doesn't feel like summer because I'm not doing any of the things I normally do in the summer, you know, and um, it's just, it's so weird. Um, I'm good. I did want to talk for a second about the pause that we did take uh, mm-hmm. last time. And that was because obviously of Black Lives Matter and just holding respect for that. And, and um, I also participated in something called um, Amplify Melanated Voices, um, which was an invitation for uh, the spiritual community, but also I think other communities did this as well to mute themselves for a week and use their stories platform to amplify melanated creators of content. Um, and you know, I, I have to own and say that I, you know, along with that, um, that challenge came a long list of melanated creators that we could follow. And my own account was so lacking in diversity. And I honestly did not even realize it, which is terrible. And I own that, you know, um, but I have discovered amazing new people through that challenge. And I'm really so grateful for the two women that started that challenge. Um, And yeah, it was really, it was a really good week to just um, listen and, you know, try to share and amplify those voices. Um, And also within my own muggle work, I serve on the equity, diversity and inclusion committee. And we've been having a lot of really tough and outdated or like overdue conversations about all of this. And you know, I've been reading nonstop, listening to podcasts, trying to educate myself, and I've, you know, I'm learning a lot, and I am absolutely complicit in what's been happening, and definitely own that, and, you know, it's like, I guess it's better late than never. I mean, I, I wish that, I wish I could say I had been more aware of everything on a fuller extent sooner, but I am definitely aware now, and it is no longer appropriate for me to act like I didn't know, don't know this is happening, you know, and so I'm just thinking, like, from now, what am I going to do from, from now on, you know, from this moment forward, how am I going to, you know, work, work to make things better. So. Yeah, definitely. It's like, how do we put our education and our knowledge into action and, you know, really be good allies? Yeah. Cool. So on this episode, the things we're going to be talking about, we are indeed in the beginning of cancer season. Um, and I, we were saying before we started recording how appropriate this cancer chariot pairing is for all these conversations, because it has so much to do with identity and safety. You know, cancer is very much about creating a safe shell to protect itself and a safe home and and all of those ideas. So you're going to lead us through that astrology. And we have a special guest music choice this week. My Cancerian friend, Desiree Ricker, has written an amazing song. And it's kind of like a bonus track because it's like, much longer than normally the songs that that you've been putting out are so that's like kind of a cool treat Mm -hmm. that you've done like a long form uh piece um and then we're going to go into the chariot talk about the chariot and uh all its meanings and of course do our pop culture and harry potter references um i think we're just going to opt into the uh the belief that the canon exists independently and we still love harry potter but we definitely want to acknowledge the bogus happenings with jk rowling right now and we do not support those opinions and that also i think is going to tie into our conversation today anyways so um but we're going to still love our harry potter um and then you've got your amazing playlist which is totally woman power hear me roar it's like it's an awesome awesome (laughs) playlist 
Um, and then we'll have our, um, our single card pulls for each other. So here we go. Um, so you want to take us into the yeah. astrology of the moment? Yes. So all of our wonderful cancer friends are water signs. So all the feels, all the emotions, their symbol is the crab. Uh, they are ruled by the moon. So again, um, their key phrase is I feel. Uh, parts of the body ruled by cancer are the stomach and the breasts. And the key words are sentimental, sensitive, nurturing, and imaginative. And the low vibe is clingy, controlling, insecure, and worrier. That's interesting. I, I also will mention that on, uh, let's see, I'm trying to remember now when this podcast comes out. So when this podcast comes out, Mercury will be in retrograde. Our, our, one of our more feared moments of life, but we're going to be okay. And, um, but it's going to be Mercury in retrograde in Cancer. So what I've been sort of hearing and reading from a lot of astrologers is the Cancerian idea of um, being related to mother. And so sometimes mother issues come up around this, this retrograde or may come up. And that's interesting to hear the breast being related to cancer because that also makes me think of mother. So that, mm -hmm. that, I didn't know that, but that's interesting. Would you say the breast and hips? Is that what you said? Um, stomach. Stomach. Oh, well, that also is very mother. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, so like I said, my friend Desiree has written this amazing song. Desiree lives on the beach by the water she is literally a mermaid um a magical mermaid healer she does reiki she does yoga um she's incredible we've known each other since we were like 10 years old i think doing theater in north carolina and she wrote this amazing kind of folky song for us so let's give it a listen sitting on the touch upon my bones touching something deeper than anybody knows your only constant trait is that you never are the same ever-changing time and tide you always know my name the change is all daunting and uncomfortable release broken walls and thrown restraints we decide who will be as you whisper to my heart I know love is what I choose as hard as it may be I choose me and I choose you for I am without restraint free in this place to be open and be safe I am free in this place to share the dreams I see because you are in this place I'm free to be Take so long to trust, protective of our lives. You gently pull me out, and in the dark I see your light. If 
Talking to the moon and listening to the waves. For I'd built this house before, kept it locked up tight, with everything homegrown and everything just right. But the voice upon the wind said, "It's time to come out strong." The world's in need of love, and the people need a song. And you are free in this place to love without restraint. Free in this place to be open and be safe. You are free in this place to share the dreams you see. Because I am in this place, you're free to be free. Call from up on high speaks wisdom to my soul. It says, "I hope you understand that my heart is your home. So take your time to grow." Take your time to grieve. There's a peace that's been prepared, and it's time to believe. Create a home for all, rooted deep in love. Trying hard to hear, create a home for all. Create a home that's real. Till we are free in this place to love without restraint. So I give these words to you, as they came into my soul, and I hope you understand. In my heart, you have a home, and I'll stand right here beside you, protect you from the flames. Ever changing time and tide, I'll always know your name. In the ever-changing time and tide, I'll always know your name. Ever-changing time and tide, I'll always know your name.
that was amazing. Thank you so much again, Desiree, for that song and for that gift. And happy birthday, one of my yeah. favorite, favorite cancers out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right. So, AJ, uh, first of all, we're going to bring AJ on, the incredible AJ that you guys have been hearing all of his amazing music. Um, and there, Erica and AJ give me photo shoots in the sunlight for life. So, <laughs> loving all the photos. Um, but, uh, AJ, tell us what life is like as an actual cancer. Wow, as an actual cancer on set. <laughs> an um, actual cancer. <laughs> I think, it's funny, I think of myself very much as like the quintessential cancer, you know, like all of the good and all the bad that's said about a cancer. I really, I really feel like I embody all of that. Um, but like, I have done a lot of like introspection about, you know, who I am and the times that like I'm moody and I don't understand myself or I'm Sheldon and I have like, I'm like, I have feeling these emotions, but they're inside. And I'm like all like hunkered over, you know, and Erica's like this Virgo dragging it out of me, oh, which always. I love. Um, but yeah, it is a, it is an emotional roller coaster, but a lot of it comes from love. And I think that's why I find myself being such a gardener and like this like, nurturer and tender because it comes from this place of wanting a home and tending and caring for you know um yeah and that's very much like what I do you know and and where I get a lot of my joy is just like sometimes it's almost solitude too it's interesting like I consider myself very much an extrovert however you know I don't charge recharge around people you know like a lot of my recharging mm-hmm. privately, which I think is an interesting aspect as well. Um, but yeah, I'm a proud moon child. Here I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. My friend Desiree, whose uh, music we're going to hear on on the podcast this ep- this episode, um, she is such like she's always had this ability to like um, nest wherever she goes. She always will like even if she's just taking like a weekend trip, she always brings a box of like little trinkets you know and like it's, it has this ability to just make everyone feel really warm and cozy and like makes everything feel really homey um and I definitely I feel like that's very cancerian and sounds like a lot of what you're you know talking about too when you say the qualities that are more challenging like what how do you feel like it's challenging what what do you feel like challenges you as a cancer well, I definitely go through emotions. I feel <laughs> as though I am, you know, I'm, I feel as a very, a very loyal, emotionally very loyal. And I struggle with um, if I feel betrayed, it's difficult for me to release that. Um, and if I feel moody and it's not really coming out, I tend to just get grumpy and kind of snap versus just being out with it and you know and I know I can see it being an exhausting task to feel to have to like lure these emotions out but it almost I think of a lot of cancers I I have another friend I went to college with who's a cancer and we just get moody and you know not wanting to share you know and then it comes out in the wrong ways you know, so a lot of that could be filtered through with just, you know, and, and thank God for Erica, because if our communication was an open communication and her being so bring it into the light and drawing it out and to say it versus me being like, you know, pent up and maybe not expressing it, you know, I think that one makes us a good, a good partnership. But um, 
Yeah. It, it, and it's funny, whenever I read tarot, a lot of times I'm, re I'm pulling cups. I pull cups a lot. Uh, more actually mm. when I was in New York, um, when I was in the city, it was like a lot of the, it was like the seven of cups or like, oh, what's the one? Is mm. it the four of cups where like you're on the outside? Fountain tarot is the picture of the, on the outside. Anyway, a lot of just, you know, not engaging or lack of decision and it's all emotion based um so yeah mm -hmm. I, I do relate with the emotions and the cups in the good ways the loving ways but in the bad ways that could be you know a bad day gone wrong you know right yeah well do you want to let's talk about the chariot card um i know that you have a new deck that you just got but do you want yes. to take us through some of the the visual depictions of the card yeah, so I'll start with Rider Waite just because um, there's always like so much symbolism and information from these cards that you're just like, whoa. Um, so yeah. we have our, you know, powerful man figure on his chariot. Um, and he, there's a nut and a bolt on the front of the chariot. That stands for Shiva and Parvati, which is masculine and feminine principle united in a single figure. So I find I found that really interesting. Mm. Um, and la, 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 the sphinxes, there's two sphinx, one black, one white, kind of at the feet of the chariot. They signify the dualities and contradictions of life. Um, there is a square on his chest, which is a symbol of vibrant nature which links him to the Empress. Um, he also has an eight pointed star on his crown showing his mental energy directing his passions. Um, his, mm -hmm. large, his large chariot indicates his will is more powerful than the rules of society. Um, his skirt bears symbols of ceremonial magic and his belt shows the planets, which I was like, wow, dumbfounded by, I never realized that. Um, he also has lunar faces on his shoulders. They're named Urine and Thummim. And they're um, the supposed shoulder plates of the high priest in Jerusalem. So this suggests the Hierophant. Um, the cloth on the back of the chariot suggests the high priestess's veil. Um, and... Mm. Yeah, so the cool thing about the chariot is that at least in the Rider Waite depiction, we see all of the previous cards in the symbolism. So he's holding a wand, which indicates the magician, the water that the chariot, the wheels of the chariot are on, as well as the sphinxes and the veil symbolize the high priestess. Um, the stars on the veil of the canopy recall the empress's crown. Um, the city behind him symbolizes the emperor. The shoulder plates symbolize the hierophant, and the um, the nut and bolt reference symbolizes the lovers. So, like, mind blown. Yeah. Wow, that's <laughs> that is so interesting because it's also the end of that first line of the yes. major arcana. So we've talked about this before. It's a Rachel Pollock concept, but also Lindsay Mack um, talks about this. The, the breaking down of the major arcana line with life, death, life, and the first line ends at the chariot. And so to carry all those things, you know, with you, 
um, makes a lot of sense to me. Is there any other um, imagery in the other deck that you have that, that you think is interesting? Um, I mean, I, so I have a, I have star child, which is just like a unicorn, like galloping. And I'm like, I love it. Take off, like <laughs> go on your magical journey. Yep. Um, but in yep. <laughs> tarot of the spirit, it is very, very similar. I've noticed that the imagery in this deck, um, it, it is very similar to Rider Waite. A lot of that like classic imagery is there. Um, mm-hmm. So, but it's cool. I mean, just like in this middle section, you can't see, you see the sign of cancer um, on either side of him, which I think is really cool. Like I love how it, you know, depicts the, the horoscope signs as well. So, yeah. So. I think it's interesting because um, for a lot of people and a lot of tarot books that you read, people often just kind of describe the chariot as action, as movement, as, you know, taking up space and kind of blasting, you know, forward with your will, willpower and just all systems go. Um, But I always really feel because it's the end of this line and then the next card after it is strength that there's something in the chariot about um, letting your ego go and not letting your ego get in the way of your evolution. Um, And I always describe this card as the feeling that you have at the end of your senior year of high school, when you're the big man on campus, you know, or big woman on campus and you, you're just top of the world and you feel like nothing can touch you. And then you, but, and as good as that feels and as good as it would feel to just sit in that feeling forever, you know that the only way you're going to progress forward is if you're willing to step out into the world into college and be a freshman and be a nobody again, you know, basically Mm -hmm. like start fresh, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I also liken this to my own experience when I left performing going into office administration, I knew that it's a step that I wanted to take for a very specific reason, but I really didn't anticipate um, how challenging it would be after like a 10 year career in theater where I at least kind of had a little bit of people at least kind of knew who I was to have to like go into a situation where it none of that meant anything it didn't you know nobody cared what shows I'd been in or who I knew or you know any of that and I didn't really put all that together it was actually my boyfriend Jason we were we did a tarot reading one night and I pulled the chariot and he was like this is this is that for you you're you are in the chariot right now like this is what that is and I was like oh my god you're you're totally right you know <laughs> um so I, I think it's a, a major invitation to just basically leave the nest kind of you know yeah and like take a risk um, you know yeah what are there other things that you what like what do you think of when you pull this card I feel like take flight like you know, I feel like we've gone through kind of like learning the lessons that we need to learn from each card prior in the major arcana. And I think it's kind of applying those lessons while also finding yourself, right? And like discovering your true self before you take off and like, you know, go experience the world. It's very much like going to college, you know, especially if like, you leave your hometown for college and it's just like this whole new discovery. And it's like, you have your whole life and like all these options ahead of you. And it's like, just run with it, like go after it, spread your wings and fly, you know? 
Yeah, I think it's it's also kind of a test, like, because before this card comes the lovers, which we talked about last episode, and in the lovers, we meet ourselves, we're greeted with ourselves in the mirror, we're challenged to, or offered to get to know ourselves better and to really love ourselves, you know, and, and kind of integrate with ourselves. And so then the chariot comes along, and it's also interesting that there's so many male-female symbolisms in the mm-hmm. chariot, because that's kind of also lovers, you know, tied together. But I feel like the chariot kind of is like the test of like, okay, did you really learn the lessons of the lovers or do you need to like take it back a couple steps and, and, you know, learn again? So maybe that's also part of why all those symbols from the other cards are in there because it's like, okay, you're going to need all of these things if you're going to keep going. And if you did not learn those lessons, then, you know, there's no passing go. You got to, you got to take it back and, and try again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's something else that Lindsay Mack and Rachel Pollack both talk about is is how the tarot is not necessarily a linear journey. It's like a, a, a cyclical, spiralic journey. And so we don't necessarily progress card after card after card down the line. Sometimes we, you know, sometimes we might be in the fool and then quick shot immediately to the chariot because we're ready, mm-hmm. you know, or yeah. we might need to and and we might get there and realize, oops, I got to like take it back and go to the Empress and like learn how to receive again or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not always linear. Um, and then what about for reversals? Like, what do we see? At, and I, you know, it's funny. I've, I don't know how you feel about this, but I have decided to stop using um, like shadow work or like the dark side. Um, because I actually, in this investigation of um, Black Lives Matter, I've I've really felt like that was a negative, there was a negative connotation to that. It's sort of meaning that like the dark is bad and like shadow is negative or whatever. So mm-hmm. it, instead, I've, I've been saying like areas of growth or like opportunity for growth um, mm-hmm. or reversal. Um, what are, what's some of that for you? Like if this card comes up reversed? I feel like for me, it's uh, trying to figure out a different approach to a situation. Um, so if, you, if you're feeling resistance um, or, you know, like, like you're not ready to kind of trust in yourself and maybe look at it from a different perspective or try a different approach, and maybe then you'll have, you'll have that momentum to kind of push yourself forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would say the same thing, like just a sense of resistance to change, mm-hmm. a resistance to letting go of of um, this other version of yourself that you feel really identified with. And and that's where I think the cancer relation comes because I, I definitely always think of the chariot as being like a shell, like an outer shell that you've kind of constructed based on your identity, based on your egoic sense of self, you know? And, um, and it keeps you safe and it, it definitely helps you in society. Society kind of demands that we, um, classify ourselves, you know, or, or take on different identities. Um, and a lot of, uh, tarot readers do relate this card to gender identity, to sexual identity, any of those things that, um, you know, and, and a lot of people think of it as like, even by like where you're sort of, you're between the world, you know, you don't quite you have different identities that you take on. Um, and that's, that's where I was saying, you know, we're getting to this J.K. Rowling conversation. And, you know, I've just, I've been thinking a lot about that and, and I won't get on my soapbox about this too much, but my boyfriend and I have been having a lot of conversations 
around the concept of, of gender and just the way that gender really, like there's a battle of whether gender is a, a social, completely social construct or if it is biological or perhaps a bit of both, um, nature versus nurture. Um, and I'm just kind of, I'm not sure where I, how I feel about that. And I, it's, it's been interesting to explore it actually because um, I definitely thought that I was comfortable with my own gender identity, but I'm kind of questioning it a little bit. And I'm actually realizing in this moment that I had a dream the other night, not this isn't related to gender, but I had a dream the other night about my old um, ballet company where I used to dance and a lot of my friends from there. Um, and we were in a car, which is making me think of the chariot. And the mm -hmm. dream was um, because I quit my job. I don't think I even told you that, but I quit my job. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I quit my job on Wednesday. Um, wow. And in Congrats. this dream. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. And in this dream, um, I was like really overwhelmed with this feeling of like love. And it felt like I wanted to cry, but out of like happiness. And I was reunited with my ballet friends and I was saying, I just, I'm just so, I just, I, I'm so sad that I lost myself, but I'm so happy to be back with you. I'm so glad to be back with you, you know, and my friend Matt was driving the car and he was my, my best, best friend at Kansas City Ballet. And he put his hand on my heart while he was driving and he was like, you know, it's okay. Like, we're here for you. We see you. And, and my friend Caitlin was in the back seat. And we were driving and that's very chariot actually wow. like and I'm and I'm making this yeah and I'm making this transition right now like out of this old identity into this like completely unknown identity honestly mm -hmm. um so that's just kind of cool that it happened in a car you know yeah that's amazing yeah we'll see we'll see if that car wrecks or what happens but <laughs> oh, so great I'm so excited yeah, it was, it was time, but that's another, that's for another podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hit me with your pop culture and your Harry Potter. Yes. So my Harry Potter, I said, was Neville Longbottom. Um, I just feel like, you know, he, throughout the, all of the movies, like every single, or, and the books, all of them, he's like trying to discover who he is. He's super awkward, but he's focusing his energy. Like, you know, he's like so into his herbology and all that stuff. And by the end, he's like this fierce man. And he slays that, that last part of the Horcrux in Baltimore. And you're just like, holy shit. Like he just, so yeah. So I said, um, I said Neville, cause I felt like I really thought about it and I was like, who, like, who is it? And I was like, yeah, I think it's Neville. Yeah. I feel that I thought of that too actually that I yeah I feel that yeah um, um what about for your what about for your pop culture so Disney I said Hercules um because he you know he like leaves home which I always think you know like going to college leaving home to find who he is you know and everything like that so I love Hercules mm -hmm. and then I also said Max from Across the Universe I don't know if you've seen it Across the Universe it's like one of my favorite movies um yes Yes. So yeah, of so course Evan Rachel Woods, yeah. <laughs> so Evan Rachel Woods' brother, because he's also so very much like, I'm done with college. Like, this isn't me. I need a change. I'm moving to New York. Um, so yeah, that those are my two pop culture references. Yeah, it makes me think of any of those movies where the trope is like, I have to change. Actually, you know what's making me think of is all those horrible lifetime Christmas movies that I love to watch yes. that are like Yes, me too. Where the, where the woman's like <laughs> 
I have to leave my job and go like down south and just have a right. simple life and like right. you know change everything. <laughs> yep. Yes. Um. Yeah. I li- I like your Harry Potter reference. I don't have anything better than that except literally <laughs> what popped into my head was like the car in like book two when when yeah. my, or, is it book two I think when when Ron picks them up in the car. Yeah. 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 Um. All right. So you have the the most like mega women power hear me roar playlist tell us tell us a little bit about it and why you picked some of those songs yeah so I feel like overall for the playlist I wanted like songs that like get me hype about like I'm motivated to like go get on my chariot and like do like what makes me happy um so I had to start with the Beatles because like duh I put it on every uh playlist And it kind of took me a little while to try and find something, but I went with Helter Skelter because it feels like, you know, it's like kind of, um, what am I, like rebellious and like, I love it. It's like gritty. It's such a great song. Um, And then obviously Formation by Beyonce. And also they finally put Lemonade on Spotify. So like work, everybody, I wanted to pull songs from that for like previous um, playlists, but it hasn't been on Spotify. So they all get Get on that. It's so good. Um, so Formation, she's yes. Um, I went with this song Diamonds by Johnny Swim. Um, I love I love them. They're such a great band. And it's like just this like such amazing, like uplifting song. Like every time I listen to it, I'm just like, yeah, you know, ready to go. Um, like a girl by Lizzo, because like duh, she's a boss and love her. And and then yep. I end, I end it with try everything from Zootopia because like if I'm ever in, sad or in a bad mood I play that song and I just like it turns my mood upside down because it's all about you know <laughs> going out there and like finding yourself and doing your thing. <laughs> yeah, I love it. All right, so you guys have to check that out. It's on Spotify. Just look up Erica Conaway on Spotify and you will find her amazing playlist. Well, on that note, Erica and I thought it would be fun to pull a couple of cards for you. Usually we pull for each other, but we thought it'd be fun to pull for you. Okay, Erica, I think I'm going to let you go first. Great. Okay. I'm excited. I don't normally I let you shuffle. Okay. Uh, Five of Earth or Pentacles. So, um... Mm -hmm. This is okay. <laughs> Basically, uh, <laughs> um, I always like to think uh, the Ace of Pentacles, we've been given like a seed that we are given to plant and nourish and take care of. And uh, with the five, it is like you've kind of ignored that seed. Um, so whether it's, I don't know, something, if something is you're feeling unsupported or malnourished. How does that, what can you, maybe, maybe with your family situation? Yeah. Which actually is really interesting. Um, the answer is, what did you say, Nick, about it being related to the mother? The mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and that a lot of times with the, we're about to, you know, come in cancer season and with the new moon and everything, it's like sense issues, mother issues. So I can see. So yeah, you could tell Nick how that makes you feel or yeah no I just I, I can see that for sure I also see it as potentially um 
like an energy thing i feel like a lot of the things that we're doing with work are a lot of are very exhausting so yeah. maybe it's you know i know the one thing that we're that get to the end of the week and the weekends can't be long enough you know maybe it's a feeling of that mm-hmm. um, i can totally see that too yeah however i do want to point out one thing when you said that the cancers are ruled by the stomach i took active <laughs> offense <laughs> i was like true okay. <laughs> anyway the other story that i the 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 five of pentacles actually is a card that i have like a close relationship with because i i have like a a kind of it was like one of those moments where i that made me fall in love with tarot that are like um coincidental you know and so i pulled the five of pentacles one day for my like card of the day and then i went to a rehearsal for this show that i absolutely hated and i knew i should have left it but i stayed in it you know and it just it was really bad and so as i was walking there it actually the rehearsal or the show itself took place in a church and traditionally the five of pentacles shows figures Mm -hmm. like outside of a church you know and they look like they're sort of in the snow and they're very destitute and it looks beautiful inside the church and so the reverse was sort of happening here where i was in the beautiful outside and the church was going to be really cold and you know uh, terrible and i kind of realized i was like okay it's going to be it's going to take everything that i can bring to this situation to like bring this beautiful day into this space and i'm going to have to actively choose to not um, let this get me down. And I went into that rehearsal and I like really made it a point to like hug everyone and say, how are you? And like really talk to everybody. And it really did feel, at least for me, like the rehearsal like really lifted, you know? So what I always think about with that card is like, we don't really know in that card if the outside where they are is the bad place and the church on the inside is the good place or if it's the opposite like you can't really tell in the card if they are in the church and it's cold in the church and beautiful outside or if it's cold outside and beautiful uh, inside the church you know so I think it's about like what you bring to the situation you know that totally resonates with me absolutely as well you know it's maybe it's another cancer thing but like I can get in my head about you know all sorts of things, you know, I could feel, you know, work overwhelmed. And if emotion gets stuck there, I get stuck on it, you know, as opposed mm-hmm. to evaluating it and choosing, like you're saying, a path that would potentially change the trajectory or emotional trajectory of the day, for sure. I feel that. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shuffle for you over here. Send me your energy. All right, I'm doing it. I pulled the Hierophant, or in this oh. deck, it's called the Messenger. I love. Yeah. So it's inter- interesting for you being a teacher um, or a teaching artist. Um, you know, there might be some stuff that's coming up as you, because you weren't really a teaching artist before you started this journey, were you, or were you? Not much. I mean, I think I was teaching in the city for you know, the the spring before we came out that summer and then moved in the fall. So I had very little experience. Okay. So it, it could be that right now um, there could be some, some uh, expansion or some uh, change of thought for you as far as like, what, what is important to me? What do I want to impart to these kids? You know, like, do I agree with the curriculum that's being 
given to me and told to me to teach? Or are there other things that I think are more important? Or do I agree with the methods that are being proposed? You know, like, basically, like, what is my truest channel of imparting this wisdom, you know, and also, probably you're learning as well a lot, you know, you're, you're learning how to teach, you're learning the, the um, tools that you need and the um, curriculum that does have to be covered. Um, you know, there's, I mean, teaching is an amazing thing, but I actually honestly can't imagine doing it remotely like you guys are. Like, I feel like that must be really hard. And there's probably a lot of growing and learning in that too. Like, how do I best use these tools, these technology tools to like, you know, get this across. Yeah. And there's, and there's also obviously a lot tied in with the Hierophant with, um, Black Lives Matter and everything that's going on in the world right now is like the the truths that we've been told um, and the things that we've been told we sort of earned. Uh, we are waking up to the fact that we did not earn a lot of that. You know that that was given to us, and and there's there's real wisdom and necessary learning and hard lessons, honestly. But like kind of, you know, how can you sort of mentor yourself through that and like teach yourself? You know, and and we we're being told as white people right now it's not appropriate to ask black people to teach you. There are plenty of tools out there at your disposal that you can teach yourself. You know, like black people have been writing about this and speaking about this for decades. And so do yourself a favor and do a quick Google and download a free PDF or a TED talk and like learn, you know, so that's, that's very hierophant as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's true. Well, thanks, birthday boy. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me, the real life cancer. (laughs) Bye, AJ. (laughs) Um, All right, well, Erica, this was beautiful. And don't leave me. (laughs) Ah. I'll be back. I'm going to miss you. I know. Yes, I will not let you. I I know, I will not let you stay away. And... um, I'm not sure for the listeners out there, I'm not really sure if we are going to maybe have some guests pop in. We're definitely going to keep music as a piece of it in some, some way. Um, you may be getting some solo episodes from me. So hope you enjoy that. But, um, <laughs> but I'm also, I, I think it, it was fun having AJ. It's fun to hear from like actual, um, you know, actual people who have these experiences as the different signs. Yeah. Um, so maybe I can keep, you know, doing some of that while you're gone. But in the meantime, while you're away, tell the people how they can find you. Um, yes, you can find me on Instagram at Erica Conaway, Erica with a K, Conaway with two A's. (laughs) So yeah. (laughs) And she has, she lives a full, beautiful life and she is worth a follow. She's doing amazing work out there in California. Um, and I'm Man of the Cards at Man of the Cards, manofthecards.com. Um, if you're looking for any full readings, my books are open for the summer. I also have a cool thing going on right now called Tarot Tutoring, where um, it's not a course in tarot. It's like an opportunity for you to practice your tarot work with me playing the role of client and just kind of giving you some tips and, and just really helping you um, find your channel and find your voice in tarot. So you can also find that at manofthecards.com. Um, and next episode will be July 4th. It will come out on July 4th and it is a full moon in Capricorn. Um, and that is interesting to me. Like Capricorn is, is getting down to the nuts and bolts of life on July 4th. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I also, that'll be right off the heels of an eclipse. 
And so we are just going to keep evolving as a country. And we, we have no choice now. There's no going back. So we'll see what happens. But um, I love you, Erica. I love you too so much. And thank you for starting this with me. And we will see you when you return in your Virgo glory. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> bye, bye, everybody. Bye.